Blog Talk Radio.
And I want to welcome everyone to another episode on this blog talk platform. This is the Thousand Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth. Thank you for tuning in tonight, you and yours. I really appreciate your time. I can never say that enough. Really appreciate everybody that's been following us since 2011. And um, I mean, I just, I'm so thankful. And uh, especially uh, on the hundreds of followers uh, we have and those that have, are not official followers, but you follow us uh, in that every um, week you look for us on uh, social media. Appreciate it, folks. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Hebrew-Israelite perspective on current events. Hebrew-Israelite perspective on current events. And tonight, is, is, it's not quite an open forum, but we will entertain anything on your hearts, minds, and spirits, brothers and sisters. Again, though, tonight, we really like to stick with perspectives on this current event. A lot happening around us. And so as Hebrew Israelites, we like to call ourselves, but technically um, you can just say Israelites, folks. But I believe that African Americans, um, because of the scriptures and the prophecies that's to be upon the Jews or the Israelites, I think they wear it like a fitted shoe, like the Cinderella slipper, so to speak. I think no other people uh, fit the prophecies in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26, and that's why we call ourselves Hebrew Israelites, all right? Uh, that song kind of talked about it a little bit. That's by Morgan Heritage called Guess Who. Uh, enjoy listening to Morgan Heritage. They're one of the groups out there that's been uh, pumping this truth along with probably thousands of others. <laughs> now, the reggae, you know, they talk about this a lot. This is big, big, big in reggae. But now a lot of Christian churches have followed and, and, and have uh, played songs and talked about African Americans being one of the lost tribes of Israel. So tonight, we normally just say open forum or we're talking about current events, but tonight we're going to try to focus as Israelites' um, perspective on current events. What does that mean, Brother Seth? Well, what that means is um, tonight we're going to be talking about how the news hits us if we are indeed the people of the Bible. It's still news. It still it still happened. People are still um, uh, affected, of course, and we're not being insensitive to anybody, anyone, any ethnic group. This is the Love Channel. If y'all don't know it by now, you better ask somebody. We don't tolerate hate at this network. We are definitely by love just because we believe we're the Jews or the Israelites. It does not mean we look on anybody else. Check it out, y'all. I'm tired and I want to give up. Why is the world getting so crazy? Come too far to die now. If you're a survivor, get up. No money. 
and I'm back out. Sorry about that interruption. Every once in a while, we on these uh, cell phones, they'll drop it. Okay, folks. All right, we're gonna to try this to apologize. Can um, I was holding my? What happened when you Mikey? I bought a very Mikey. He's just been giving us trouble, so I thought I would go back to the cell phone. This is what happened. So again, I apologize for that. But brothers and sisters, we're not gonna let it hold us back. Like I was, um, brothers and sisters, tonight we're gonna to be talking about again. A Hebrew Israelite perspective on current events. It's just that simple. And um, y'all just know that's the life of blogging, you know. We, we call these cells, these, these networks, and sometimes it's the network and sometimes it's our connection. So I do apologize for that. But I have tonight uh, the pleasure of having on co-host and Pastor Elsie Christopher Fort Worth is going to be joining us. Also, we're going to have Brother John moderating the show tonight all the way from the country of Panama. And then we have from the city of Cincinnati, Ohio, the one and only Purcell Porsche. These are our co-hosts tonight, and we thank them for their time. All right, so uh, I'm going to go ahead now without further uh, delay and go ahead and bring on the one and only Purcell Porsche all the way in Cincinnati. And uh, we'll get him on right away. Purcell, are you there, brother? How are you doing? I am here, Seth. I am here. Thank you so much for uh, bringing me on once again. Um, I am excited about this blog. I am so excited. Uh, we bring greetings from Salt Life Ministries, where we are bringing the saltiness back to the believer through kingdom principles. Yes. And... Rightly dividing the word of truth. Greetings, everyone. Yes. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited about our new co-host, or maybe not new, but new to me. I haven't met him yet. God bless you. Pastor Chris, I think it is. Um, God yes, bless you, is. my brother. Um, thank you again, Seth. Let's get to it. And let, it, let everybody know uh, how to get a hold of you. And... Uh, um, and and, and uh, I'm going to talk with Brother John really quick while you're doing it, okay? Take your time, Lee. I know how to yes, get a hold of you. Just a little bit about the Salt Life uh, Ministry. Tell them how you came across that and with the, how to find the birth of your spirit as well. Just take your time as I talk with Brother John real briefly here. All right. All right. All right. Thank you again, Brother Seth. Um, listen, Salt Life Ministries, we saw a need in the body of Christ, or we saw a deficiency, if you will, in the body of Christ as it relates to the people of God um, to contending for the faith. There's, there's okay. such a, I believe, a great falling away, and God gave me the burden 
for uh, that particular situation. Um, simply put, we actually were birthed through a road trip that my wife and I were taking, and we were passed by by a truck with a sticker in the window which said, Salt Life. And it hit me like a ton of bricks um, the minute I saw it. Uh, the minute I saw it, I turned to my wife and I said, did you see that? And she said, no, I didn't see it. What? I said, this truck just went by us and says salt light. And immediately what happened in my spirit, it was almost as if, um, it was almost as if I was pregnant, instantly pregnant. And I heard in my spirit that we are the salt of the earth. And when that thought came to me, Immediately, I began to, um, the, the ministry was birthed, Salt Life Ministry. And just God began to uh, fill the void in that and teach me what it is that um, we would be about. And again, we're about bringing the saltiness back to the believer because it is our responsibility as believers to, uh, to uphold if you will, like the the old folks used to say, the bloodstained banner. It's our responsibility. And I just saw a great falling away, and I saw a lot of the, I believe that a lot of the believers are getting discouraged in the faith. So um, Salt Life Ministry was birthed, and uh, it is our mission to bring the saltiness back to the believer through kingdom principles and rightly dividing the word of truth. So that's how you can reach us at, actually on my Instagram page, it says Ministries Salt Life. All one word, Ministries Salt Life. All one word. Also, you can reach me on my email, and my email is millionairemagnates at gmail.com. Again, that's Millionaire Magnates. That's M-A-G-N-A-T-E-S at gmail.com. And those are the venues in which you can find us. Also, you can find me at, which I believe we have a Instagram page. That is Impact Change Now. That is the ministry in which we are under. At this moment, it is impact change now. The evangelist, uh, evangelist Saran Brooks and Keitha Brooks. Again, impact change now. You can find us on Instagram as well. And that is who we are and what we're doing. Impacting the world and bringing about change Right now. Right Very now. Very well. Michelle. This is John. Um, how are you doing, bro? Fantastic, man. How about you? Everything's coming on roses, so to speak. <laughs> All right. Seth had told me to uh, just pick up once you had completed your intro. Um, uh-huh. And, um, yeah, so I wanted to jump on. Uh, 
Welcome everybody to uh, the Five Smooth Stones Network Blog Talk Radio. Goodness, the chef is pressing 500 shows at this point. Props to him. Props to Brother Purcell and Salt Lake Ministry, who has been um, basically plugging away at it with Brother Seth. Uh, his, uh, I, I don't know what installment, uh, as far as Seth, Seth does this in seasons, if you don't know. I'm not sure what season this is, but again, he's pressing 500 shows. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I wanted to kind of catch everybody back up from last week to this week. Um, <clears throat> last week, uh, we were discussing these mass shootings, and I had put out a question, and to be honest, it was like um, we all kind of bit into this thing and were kind of going back and forth. Um, uh, with the discussion last week, it was pretty, pretty, pretty spirited discussion. Um, the one thing I wanted to revisit was uh, the, the point that I was trying to make. Uh, not that there were uh, points that were uh, inferior to the point that I was trying to make, but it was the question that I brought up that starts that given discussion. And I want everyone to keep in mind. Um, that what you see at surface level is not always what the what's actually going on. Um, and I'm back, everybody. You surface, but keep going, John. I'm back, but keep going. Yeah. I'm back. Very well. What you keep see going. at surface level is oftentimes is what's presented to you to so that a particular outcome can be achieved. And so um, I was attempting to put forth the notion that. Uh, as a matter of fact, Sister Eliana was saying uh, about this, I think she was saying she was hoping that this would be the last shooting or this was the third shooting or something. And I said there were, there's going to be more shootings. And the reason why is because, again, if you work your way backwards to the front, knowing that there must be a one-world government because it's already prophesied, uh, in various books throughout uh, throughout the Bible, that for this one world government, uh, which by the way, it already is, it's already in place. They just haven't told you that. People people are going to flip when they realize that these people have sold them out and they no longer have sovereignty. There's people, especially especially here in the U.S., land of the free, home of the brave. You know how the people here in the U.S. are and, and, and uh, their patriotism as it pertains to the wars that have been fought, people who have died for this country, and now all of a sudden you no longer have uh, the, the quote-unquote United States or uh, France is no longer France or Kenya is no longer Kenya. It's like you've become uh, something other than the sovereign nation that you were. People are going to flip. And when those people flip, the ones that this government is worried about are the ones who can fight them. And so you ask yourself, like, why why is it that in the last, at least since I've been alive, I know that in the first 15, 20, possibly even 
25 years, there were no mass shootings with uh, uh, automatic weapons. <laughs> I don't remember a single case. The very first time that I've heard of such a thing was Columbine. And, because even when the guy went postal, as they call it, at that one post office, I don't think he had an automatic weapon. But these guys at Columbine, they – and keep in mind, the guy that was at the post office lost a job at the post office. So there's motive for what he did. But why would teenagers arbitrarily decide that they're going to go and create explosives and arm themselves to the teeth and go shoot up? Uh, I'm not sure if that was a middle school or a junior high or a high school or what, but that's the first time I ever heard of such a thing. And that's when it began to me. That's when it began. And so that's what we were discussing last week. And so my premise simply was that to get to the one world government, you're going to have to disarm the U.S. I don't think there's a single nation that's even remotely close to being armed like the U.S., and, and when things get difficult politically, they get even more armed. <laughs> they get to buying ammunition and guns and all types of stuff like you don't know. I mean, it's like as soon as someone is challenging gun control, they just buy more and more guns, just ad nauseum, folks. And so that's what we were discussing last week. And what I asked Seth that I could do this week is pick up on a portion of the discussion that I know that Brother Purcell had had brought up, um, yeah. Uh, it, it, as it pertains, it, the actual um, biblical story was David and Goliath. But I, I know that what Purcell, first of all, let me quickly make make it plain to everyone that what I was saying at the time it was not an affront to what Brother Purcell was saying. Brother Purcell was saying plainly that, you know, truth is important and that must be looked into. Um, and I believe he was piggybacking off of one of the other guests who um, had uh, his discussion went more so towards race. And at, sur- at surface level, I agree 100% at surface level. But that's the reason why I just got through saying that what's presented is not always what actually is. What's presented is what you, what those who are presenting it, what they want you to believe. And so when Brother Bissell brought up David and Goliath and was speaking on truth, I wanted to bring, I wanted, it was like the perfect, it was, it was perfect to me to discuss what I'm about to discuss with you in just a moment because in all of my life, and I am 54 years old, don't mind saying it, best year to be 54. If you're something other than that, I am sorry to hear it. <laughs> this is the best year to be 54, y'all. But, but in all of my 54 years, I've never heard one preacher, one evangelist, last Sunday school teacher, no one ever bring this out. <laughs> no one ever bring this out. And I wanted to bring this out because there, we all know, even the pagans know about David and Goliath. It's like mm-hmm. you would go down the street and say, hey, 
you know anything about David and Goliath, they're going to know that David was uh, up against the giant, and it was likely that he should have been killed, but he didn't. He came out. There are all types of, of, of uh, uh, preaching that has been done on David and Goliath, stories told. Mm-hmm. Like I said, even mm-hmm. the pagans will come and, and talk about David and Goliath and talk about overcoming. They can pin on it what they want to pin on it. But what I'm about to show you is that the most high God, the creator of heaven and earth and everything that in them is, and if you are a born-again believer, your father, your father, mm-hmm. who be You're kind of going in and out, John. I'm trying to do what I can, but let me know, and I'll just, you know, I'll maintain and I'll, I'll repeat it. But your eldest brother is the Messiah himself, Yehoshua, the Messiah, the Messiah, known to modern-day Western civilization as Jesus the Christ. If you are a born-again believer, he's your elder brother. And I know some of you may be like, what? We'll let Purcell speak on that. He said it so eloquently the other day that he, he can rehash that. But I, I want you all to know well, that. Yes. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Brother, brother, okay. brother, brother. Uh, let me do this. Let me interrupt real quick, only because we have a, another co-host that's in the house. Pastor Chris is having trouble getting through, so we may not have him tonight. Uh, but uh, Pat, brother Kenwin Casabay, all the way from Tyler, Texas, is on the line. Brother Kenwin, uh, since you're running a little bit behind, we won't do an intro to you. Just say hello to the people in less than 30 seconds, and we want Brother uh, Purcell Porche in Cincinnati to pick up. Um, so go ahead and say hello to the people, brother. Welcome. Shalom, shalom. Hey there, family. Uh, it's good to be in. I'm running a little behind, but I'm glad I can make it. Well, welcome, brother. Welcome. Yeah, John, back in your hand, you and Purcell. All right. So the <clears throat> what I was what I was stating, simply put, is that there's that which is at face value, and then the Most High God will reveal to you certain things. And I want to show you a revelation that pertains to one of the most famous stories, David and Goliath, because that particular matter of fact, last week I said a parable, and that was a that was a misnomer. I shouldn't have called it a parable. It's a foreshadowing. It's a foreshadowing. And I'm just going to, I put these scriptures together. I'm going to run through them relatively quickly. Uh, If you want to study it further, and I highly recommend that you do. And the reason why is this, when you see that your God has given you insight and understanding into the things that you've always known, but he shows you. He peels back the onion, so to speak, the, how an onion peels back, and there's something beneath that. And then you peel back another layer, and there's something. When he shows you these things, it's for you to have faith because mm-hmm. faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that mm-hmm. word of God is not just surface level. He has it on multiple levels, and that's the reason why the pagan, they can't understand it. It's foolishness to them because it can only be revealed by the Spirit of God. So quickly, what I'm discussing with you today is the story of David and Goliath, which is true. David, the son of Jesse, goes into 
this particular battle. He was going in to, to, to see his brothers because his father told him to do so. But when he does this, he hears the words of this Philistine defying the armies of Israel. And mm-hmm. as such, he is not trying to have it. And so out of everyone in Saul's army, this kid, basically, I'm sure he, I'm not sure how old he was, but he, they, even they called him a stripling. He's a youngster. Mm-hmm. He's the only one who was like, I'll fight him. I'll fight him. That's the surface level. We all know the story. David goes and he uh, looks to fight Goliath. Saul gives him his armor. David's like, I can't work with this. I haven't tried it out yet. You know, I haven't worked with this. And I'm just yeah, going to yeah, go with yeah, what yeah. I normally work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with what I normally work with. What was David? He was a shepherd. So he went with his shepherd weapons. And so he basically takes a stone and a sling, hits Goliath in the head, kills Goliath, and and it was a it was an absolute victory for Israel. That's the story that we all know. We've heard it since Sunday school when our moms dragged us in there. We don't want to be there. I know I didn't, but that's the story they told me when that's I got right. drugged in the Sunday school. All right? right. Now, here's what I'm about to go. I'm going to go through these scriptures quickly. It's not meant for you to write these down. What it's meant to do is to give you insight. And if, and if the Lord opens up your heart and your insight into this, you will go back and you'll read this because it is phenomenal. When I say so, it's because I know so. Number one, 1 Samuel 17. That's the story of David and Goliath. If you want to just read that story, you'll find that in 1 Samuel 17. But if you go back to 1 Samuel 16 and 1, you'll find out that God has provided for himself a king among the sons of Jesse. Why? Because Saul was not doing what he was supposed to do. If you go back even further, like chapter 15, 1 Samuel, let's jump forward, 17 and 4, Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Folks, this was a giant. Now, Seth has had shows before where he explained to you, whenever you have someone who is a, a small person known, let's call them a midget or whatever you might want to call them, or a person who is particularly Tall, a giant, if you will, or someone whose hair falls out and they're balding on their on their scalp, or these various different things are that that are blemishes. These are the results of sin. Seth, am I mistaken? That's true. These are, you, true. You can find, and I'm not. This is not just me and Seth talking about. This is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go chapter and verse because that's not where I'm directed towards today. But the fact that Goliath was as tall as he was, and again, you, we see this back with the Nephilim in Genesis, giants that were created because of the union of these spirit beings and mm-hmm. women, giants. Yeah. Well, that that gene that gene lived on past the flood because there were giants still. Uh, Og of Bashan, when Israel on the other side of the Jordan had to fight Og, he was a giant. The sons of Anak, giants, if you will, they were there. Okay, so there's there's Goliath. He's a giant. He had a helmet of brass a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. I want you all to remember that, brass, brass. 
He had greaves of brass. Greaves protect your shin. The same thing that those those 10-speed bikes back in the 70s used to jack your shins up. If you had a greave, it wouldn't be jacked up. All right? That's what the, that's what a greave protected. But the greaves were brass upon his legs, and he had a target or basically a breastplate, if you will, between his shoulders. That was brass. His spear, now we're about to change gears. His spearhead, this is verse 7, um, uh, 1 Samuel 17, verse 7. His spearhead weighed 600 shekels of iron. So we have two different metals. One is brass, one is iron. And with whom, uh, oh, I'm sorry. So he had, there's two metals mentioned. And so for goodness, since I became uh, a born-again believer back when I was like 19, 20 years old, I've read this story. I didn't see anything particular there. But, folks, right now we have two medals, all right? Now, David, when he came into uh, the camp, his brothers asked him, and with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I wanted to bring that to your attention. David was a shepherd. He was a keeper of the sheep. <laughs> that There's a thread that goes through the Bible who was Cain? He tilled the land. Who was Abel? Keeper of the sheep. Who was Israel? Keeper of the sheep. Who was the Messiah? Keeper of the sheep. You'll see this. There's, they're showing you something. They're starting to build something for you folks. David was a keeper of the sheep. So they're letting you know. They're, they're giving you insight. They already told you that God said, or the, uh, uh, I'll just leave it as that. God said that he wants there's a king that he's going to set forth out of the uh, children of Jesse. That was David. David was anointed. Uh, I, I mean, truly with oil. Samuel anointed him with oil. So right. when David heard what Goliath stated, and as uh, Brother Perse stated, is there not a cause? <laughs> is there not a cause? Yeah. He, was, he was like hot about this. And, you know, no yeah. one is bucking up against him. So he said, like, you know, so what, what will the king do for the person that slays this guy? And they told him, they, you know, you'll be free. You won't have taxes. You won't get his daughter. You, this, this, that, the other. And so they went and told Saul. Saul brought David before him. And David was explaining to him why he's qualified to fight Goliath. And this is important, mm -hmm. folks, because, again, this is the reason why we're having this discussion. When he speaks to Saul, this is verse 34. He says, there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. That's thy right. servant, 36, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. He's telling him that, hey, I killed a lion by myself, by myself. I killed a lion, I killed a bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. He's making a comparison between the two. Remember that. I'm going to come back to it. So, David, Saul told him, look, okay, you can go ahead and fight him, but keep in mind, he, you are a youth. This is what Saul said about David. You are a youth. Yeah, yeah. And this guy, <laughs> he is a man of war since his youth. <laughs> so, he, Saul was kind of like, you know, this is an asshole from waiting to happen. You can say that on radio, right? He wrote in on that, right, Brother Seth? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, 
So, folks, listen. That's scripture. about to get thick. It's about to get thick. That's scripture right there, folks. So, David says, I'm going to fight him. Saul says, okay, let me give you my armor. David says, nah, this, I haven't proved this yet. So he takes his staff in hand, verse 40, and chose him five smooth stones. Shameless plug, I'll take it. Five smooth stones out of the brook. As he came towards yeah, Goliath, yeah. It, it, Goliath is like in disbelief that you, y'all bringing this kid, you know, who looks like Elder Bars, <laughs> out to me, you, you must, you know, is it all going to be revealed in time? I'm going to be, he cursed David by his God. But David, now keep in mind, David is the only one out of an entire army who was willing to go fight him. Why? Because he already has conquered the the unlikely it, folks do you <laughs> i i literally just read a story today about two a man and a woman in india coming home india. from a temple at 6 a.m and a bear killed both of them and was yeah. eating them wow. for several hours before the police came do you understand how strong a bear and a lion is david killed both of them and save the sheep. All right? So, folks, David takes the stone, as you well know, slings it, hits Goliath in his forehead. Goliath falls down. Folks, I want you to understand that Goliath was already dead. Okay? So, one second. John, do How's me that, brother, do my favorite. It's just no, no, we want you to finish that. We want you to finish yeah. that. But this is what I'd like for you to do. John, hold on a second. Yeah. Call here. back. Call back. And Purcell, you comment on what you've heard so far. And, John, when we see you One back, second. we'll just come back to you, okay? All right. So, John, is, he's going to call us back. Purcell, and, uh, Brother King, with any comments on what you've heard? Uh, no, no, brother. I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of tuning in late, and so I'm um, just trying to play catch up. Okay, go ahead, Brother Purcell. Uh, um, I was just going to say, um, he got me. He got me stirred up because um, that is what that is. If it's not my favorite, it is absolutely one of my favorite stories, and I love how David stood firm in the faith. That is um, what we talk about, or that is what all about, standing firm in the faith. And when David showed up on the scene, he was righteously indignant. I can't tell the story the way John tell it, but because of my familiarity with the story, um, I want to share those points that he's already shared, especially the one where he came back at King Saul and said, well, it was a lion, like he said, and a bear that came and took one of my sheep. And he said, I killed him with my bare hand. So what he was doing was he was reflecting on the victories that God had already brought him through. 
And what that did, in my opinion, was encourage him in the faith concerning Goliath, which is why he said they are going, he is going to be as one of them. Because of the victory that he's already won, he already saw the victory in his, uh, his, his, his uh, situation with Goliath. So Goliath was already defeated because of David's faith. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. It was David's faith. Hey, y'all, let me tell you, I'm over here flipping out because, listen, I want y'all to take note of what Brother Purcell said. It encouraged him in the faith because of what had already taken place. That is critical to what I'm about to show you, because <clears throat> I've given you the stories that everyone already knows. Brother Purcell says, because of that battle with the lion and the bear, it, it, David already was full of faith that he could, in comparison, take down this Philistine. That's surface level, but that is the truth. I want to yeah. go to the next level to let you see spiritually what the Most High has said to me and is now saying to you, take it and, and run with this. Folks, when that stone hit Goliath, he was already dead. Notice in chapter 50, it says, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. Did it say anything about anything other? No. The sword wasn't even mentioned. And smote the Philistine and slew him. Folks, slew is the past tense of slay. Slay means yeah. to kill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> David killed that giant with a stone and a sling. Later, <laughs> it said he didn't have a sword, so he took the dude's sword and, and his head with his own sword. And it said again that he slew him. But it already stated that he slew him. Now, Folks, there's the mentioning of brass or bronze and iron elsewhere in the Bible. I want to take you to it. Daniel, Daniel. 2. This is where we get to see. This, this not only shows you the spiritual application, it shows you the depth of how the Most High has hidden insight in his word so that the heathens can't find it. Folks, Daniel 2. Daniel 2 talks about Nebuchadnezzar, and he had saw this image, and he had all the the different uh, magicians and soothsayers and Chaldeans, and they couldn't figure this out. Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar. Now, keep in mind, Nebuchadnezzar not only could not remember the dream to tell them the dream, but he told them, if you don't tell me the dream and the interpretation, basically your house is going to be a dung. He's going to bring swift pain to you. And it was already in. It was already taking place until Daniel said, "Hey, hurry up, the captain, give us some time." They got the time. Daniel went and explained that that the dream to Nebuchadnezzar. I'm not going to go through the entire portion because I'm only concerned with the brass and the iron primarily. So he tells Nebuchadnezzar who had this dream 
and this dream was such that there was this image that was brilliant. And this image had a head of gold, breast and arms of silver, belly, and his thighs were brass, i.e. bronze. Um, and his legs, the lower legs, were iron, and the feet were part iron, part clay. Well, he tells Nebuchadnezzar, thou art John, this head of gold, uh, verse 38. Thou art this John, head of gold. Is, well, okay, John, let me just come here real quick. again. I just want to just say this really quick Do a simple identification Again, everybody, y'all listen to the Five Zone Network uh, We're talking about, again, Hebrew perspective on current events What Brother John is doing is laying out I don't want to, I'm not going to steal this thunder But it's very relevant to what's going on in our news This empire, this American empire The power of it, the might of it All this is related, all right I know a lot of y'all are not Bible thumpers But stay with him Stay with him. Priscilla's going to come on, and so is Brother King with Castleberry, and Chair also as well. So, everybody, again, thank you for tuning into the Five Show Network. And uh, we're going to go back to, to our moderator, Brother John. All right, folks. Thank you for that short break, Seth. So, the image had a head of gold, arms and chest were silver, abdomen, upper thighs or quads, if you will, if you lift weights, that was bronze or brass. His lower leg, like your calves on down to your feet, that was iron, and the feet were part iron, part clay. So he tells Nebuchadnezzar, thou art a king of kings, Nebuchadnezzar, you are this head of gold. So he goes on and tells him there's going to be another, uh, there's going to be another uh, empire that comes after you that's inferior to you, just like silver is inferior to gold. If you want to be blinging, what would you rather bling, gold or silver? It's still like that today. Nothing has changed. It's still like that. Well, folks, he gets down and he talks about the brass and iron. And it, what you realize is that gold, it's the, it's the premier metal, but it's nowhere near as strong as silver as is to brass and brass is to iron. Iron is not, we don't use that as uh, as quote-unquote money, but it's a very strong metal, folks. So the metals that were mentioned in both of these stories were bronze or brass and iron. So then the question becomes like, okay, I can see, I can see where that might match. Now, folks, just a quick history, if you and you can look this up in a history book. Babylon was the kingdom that Nebuchadnezzar ruled. Babylon, in the Bible and in the history books, was conquered by the Persians and the Medes, or the Medo-Persian Empire. Cyrus, uh, uh, Darius, or, or Darius, Cyrus, Darius. Um, uh, if you saw the movie 300, uh, and I forget the name of the the, the emperor uh, who was r- running there at the time, but th- this is history, folks. Babylon conquered by the Persians and the Medes. The Persians and the Medes were conquered by the Greeks, Xerxes, and the Greeks were conquered by Rome. Who conquered Rome, folks? Still in that empire, folks. If you don't know it, but that's a whole other discussion. We're still in that empire. All right. So the Gold was Babylon. The silver 
was the Medo-Persian Empire. The brass was the Greeks, the Greeks, and the iron was Rome. But don't get caught up on that. Just let, just letting you know from a historical standpoint. Well, then there's something missing. If you have the if you have the brass, which is the Greeks, and you have the iron, which is Rome, then where is the uh, the silver? Where's the gold? Where's Babylon? Where's the Medo-Persian Empire? Well, David tells you where they are. David said, I fought a lion and I fought a bear. Let's go to Daniel 7. I'm going to be quick on this verse, on this story, too. There was four winds drove up on the, on the waters. Four great beasts came up out, diverse one from another. The first was like what? The first one was like what? A lion. First one. What was missing? The gold. That was Nebuchadnezzar. Well, the first beast, it's a lion. The second beast was likened to what? A bear. <laughs> Folks, do you understand what that image was? Do you understand what these beasts are? These are the kingdoms of man. Babylon, they didn't serve God. Rome didn't. Greece didn't. The Medo Persian, they didn't serve God. It says that, uh, it, again, going back to the first story with the, with the image, there was a stone cut without hands, and it smote this image on its feet, which were part clay, part iron. And when it did, the whole image exploded, and it just floated away like the, like the, the shaft on a summer threshing floor. Folks, the summer threshing floor, when you thresh wheat, you're trying to divide the shaft from the wheat, and the way that you do that is you keep a light breeze going across where you are shaft, where you are um, threshing, and that breeze will make the, the shaft, which is lighter, float away, and the wheat, which is heavier, it stays, and now you have a product that you can consume. You don't want to consume the shaft. Well, that's how it floated away. It just floated away, and there was no place found for it. Now, listen. And that rock became a mountain. A mountain, invariably, in the Bible, talk, it's a kingdom. Whenever they're talking about a mountain as a, as a uh, uh, foreshadowing, it's a kingdom. That's what that rock became. Well, <laughs> that rock is what decimated the kingdoms of man. What happened in, in uh, 1 Samuel 17? It was a stone that decimated Goliath, and every attribute of the kingdoms of man has been represented. The brass, the iron, starting with Greece and Rome, and then the lion is represented. David already beat them down. He already got the lion. He already got the bear. That was Babylon, and that was the Medo-Persian Empire. Folks, yeah. is showing you a foreshadow of what is going to happen when he comes back. And if you are, if you don't believe that, I'm going to take you one further. It says that when Josh, I mean when when David hit Goliath, killed him, took his sword. And as soon as he cut off his head, he said, all of Israel shouted. And the Philistines broke camp. <laughs> they got the beat down all 
the way back to basically as far as as far as uh, they always say as far as gap or some, something to that effect. They got the beat down at that point in time. Israel ran up on them. Folks, that shout is important because that shout is another thread that you will find throughout the Bible. The first shout that I'm going to take you to is in Joshua. Joshua is in the land of Canaan now. They've crossed over the Jordan, which, oh, my gosh, if I, if I had the time, I would show you the, the, the spiritual ramifications of the Jordan and the Red Sea, and the wilderness. But right now, we're talking about Jericho. What were they supposed to do? They were not supposed to say a word. They were supposed to walk around Jericho one time. The seven priests were going to blow seven trumpets, and they were going to do that once and go back to camp. But on the last, on the seventh day, they were going to go around Seven times, and when the priest when the priest blows the trumpet, he said, "Shout, because God has given this this city into your hands." Well, folks, there's another shout, and there's more trumpets. It's in Revelations 11. Matter of fact, it starts in Revelations 8. And when I and when he opened the seventh seal, there was a silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Folks, he is tying these things in so that if you see them, you will know what's going to happen when the Messiah returns. Chapter 11. I'm, I'm, I, I just went through seven trumpets. I didn't even go through what they did because it's of no consequence. Chapter 11. And the seventh angel sounded, and there was great voices. Somebody tell me, what's a great voice? Is it like James Earl Jones? No, it's not like James Earl Jones. What is a great voice? Folks, a great voice is a shout. Shout. It is a shout. That's what a great voice is. That's the way that's interpreted. And let me tell you what they said in verse 11. Now, imagine... They didn't tell you what they said in Joshua. It just said they shouted, and Joshua told them because the king God has given these kingdoms into your hands. But let me tell you what they said in verse eleven. It says that the kingdom of this world. Yes, yes. Let me do this because you've been going for a while. It's all good, but I want to get these co-hosts in there. Uh, did y'all have any feedback or amens or you know anything for Brother John as he? Break this down, brother Perset, Perset, brother. I demand that no one says anything, Seth. It's imperative that I complete this because if I don't complete it, you can't see the whole picture. And there's only like three. There's only three verses left. Please let me complete this. (laughs) The the completion of this is this, folks. The shout, the the shout in Revelation, which was not stated in Joshua, it says that the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever. Folks, doesn't, wouldn't it be tantamount to Joshua when they shout to say that the kingdoms of Canaan land have become the kingdoms of Israel and of the Lord of hosts? <laughs> because that's exactly what it became. That's exactly what they did. Last verses, folks. First Thessalonians 4, we're going to go back to the shout. For this we say unto the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord 
shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a what? A shout. With the voice of the archangel, the shout. And with the what? The trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Folks, that story of David and Goliath is letting you know, as Brother Purcell said, he has already beaten the bear and the lion. So his faith was already in place. That is nothing more than a foreshadowing of the Messiah. And who are the hosts of the Messiah? Who are the hosts? You are. You are. You're not going to heaven to be strumming on harps and singing with angels. You are going to war. You're going to war. You are that host and that shout. When you when when the king, you are going to go up against these kingdoms of this world, they're going to be when, before he comes, foot to behind. He says so. But when he comes back, he says he's going to come back, and that that seventh trump. That's when it all goes down. That's when you'll receive your heavenly body. And what? In the twinkling of an eye, we shall be as what? As him. And I'll leave it at Ooh, that. Man. Thank you, Brother Seth. Thank you, Amen. everybody else. Let me get that out. The, point, the whole point being is that the story of David and Goliath, yes, it's true. But there's a deeper truth that builds faith that's letting you know, keep the faith because I'm showing you the end before it happens. I'm showing you at the beginning. That's what he's telling you. All right. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. That was beautiful how you put that together. Yeah. Praise be to the most high God. I think that is a very, it's bananas. It's bananas when you put those. And folks, just one last thing. There's so many other things that he shows you. But like, if you look at the feast, if you look at the feast of the in gathering, that's that's when that's when we are coming back into who we are as Israel. The feast of the in gathering, folks. That's during the harvest. Do you realize that that's when they were going into Jericho? Because it says that the the, the Jordan overflows <laughs> all times of the harvest. It's like, it, he puts it together. It is on. Believable, and he's trying to let you know that I am God, and I will reveal this to my people and to my prophets. And the people of this world cannot figure it out. They've had this Bible, they've 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 finagled with it, they books out, but he's still showing that showing you that I can show you things in this Bible that they never knew was there, and that's that's something mm. right there. Yes, sir. yes, sir. so that's just true. That's, yes. all I, that's all I was referring to last week when Brother Purcell was saying truth is important. It is. But, you know, there's levels of it. Which truth would you ever have? The story of David and Goliath? Great story. We heard it forever. But that truth right there, that builds my faith. Very interesting. I'm done. Very interesting. Con- Brother Purcell dropped him, trying to call him back. Uh, he's one of the Sometimes charged um, because of his cell phone, so I'm trying to reach him back. But you brothers go right ahead. But Brother John, that's very well put. I'm glad you uh, was able to share that like you did. Um, no doubt. How to get Purcell back on the line and, uh, and join us. But go ahead, Brother King. What, what did you have to say? Anything uh, about what you heard? Or talk to us. Yep. Okay. Uh, well. 
<clears throat> the connection um, that Brother John just laid out was just beautiful. Um, unveiling that, and uh, I haven't seen it, I haven't heard it put together uh, quite that way. But uh, yes, that's he's definitely right. That's what builds my faith, also, because uh, uh, I understand that scriptures, uh, when they all come together, uh, when Christ comes back, it's uh, it's going to be just how He uh, explained it. Uh, he's going to gather us. He's going to we're going to get our heavenly bodies. He's going to put the laws in our minds and hearts. Um, spiritual bodies uh after the thousand year reign uh it said something in the scriptures of uh we fall on the sword but we won't die you know uh so yeah that's spiritually exactly. it all ties in together in that great battle uh that's in the future um when satan is let loose or some to that degree and uh so yeah we got a bright future ahead of us and we just got to be patient no and hang on until we can get there. <laughs> uh, but no a lot of people no wish, um, and the scriptures tell us not to, pray for the day of the Lord. Uh, yeah, right. The scriptures tell us, to, well, not, I ain't going to say not to, but woe. Woe to you that pray for the day of the Lord. You see, nobody's guaranteed. Nobody's guaranteed to even be there. We don't know if we the two-thirds or not. You know, you you be praying for, especially the, the the Israelites that are scattered abroad, that's like praying for the most God to send Christ to us. But we suddenly be the part of the two-thirds. So we're praying for our doom, you know. So he, he tells us to woe. <laughs> because the, um, uh, my point I'm making with that is that uh, nobody's perfect. And uh, nobody should feel like they're guaranteed because we're all unworthy. We all fall short. And uh, uh, we got it really, really bad in uh, saying who's got the Holy Spirit, who don't. Yes, uh, who, we do. Who, uh, who um, suffers to go to hell and who's not, you know. <laughs> uh, we should all be humble, and, um, and, and that's what we ought to be praying for when we pray to for Christ to forgive us for our sins. We really believe that he'll wipe away our sins on on uh on that day. So, uh it just keeps us humble and uh and you know, uh keep us mind thinking about the most high on that day. That's all I want to say. Well said, brother Castleberry. Yes, sir. Brother Seth. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, well, I just want to see you was done, Brother John. Uh, I'm still trying to get Brother um, our, um, brother um, in Cincinnati, Brother Purcell Purcell. Uh But listen, just go right ahead and continue to do what you're doing. I'm going to get him on, okay? Y'all doing really good. Again, well, that's fine. We're tying in, Brother Sisters. Uh, again, the name of the show is Hebrew Israelites. John was trying to draw the, the, the difference, the, the parallels between that early kingdom and the kingdom of today. So, John, go right ahead as I try to get Purcell back. And just so that everyone understands the, the, the reason why what I've stated is within the scope of this show is because, again, last week we were talking about the current events of these mass shootings. And they, 
those mass shootings are going to continue because the laws have yet to be put in place to disarm the United States. <laughs> Folks, they have to do this. And they will – oh, I'm sorry. When, you, when I say they, I, I'm talking about the people who really pull the strings. I'm not talking about <clears throat> the people who seemingly make laws. I'm not talking about them. They're, they're just the ones who are the puppets, the ones who truly pull the string. They stay behind the veil, and they put the people into place who are going to do their bidding, and their bidding is the bidding of Satan or Lucifer because they are Satanists or Luciferians. And now keep in mind, folks, not all politicians know. That's the reason why when you look at the floor, the Masonic floor, black and white, like a checkerboard. Why? Because some are illuminated and some are not. You don't have to have everyone be illuminated. You only need to be illuminated and you can accomplish what you need to accomplish because everybody thinks that they are operating singularly. But within a small group, there's there are several who work together. As a matter of fact, you will see this play out in every time you've ever seen the show Survivor. What always happens invariably on Survivor? Someone makes a secret pact <laughs> with someone from the other group so that they can eliminate all the people from both groups and then they can compete head to head and have at least a 50% chance as opposed to a 13% chance. They make a secret pact. Now, keep in mind, I, I've only seen a couple of, I've never watched an entire series, but it seems like every time I turn around, somebody is making some type of, it's every time there's some type of competition, someone is making a secret agreement. Why? It is the nature of man. Folks, the people who are in power today, do you think that they remained in power based on the law of averages, the ma a mathematical equation? No, because if it was the law of averages, people rise, people fall. Why is it that they are still in power? Because they operate with a secret pact. And that secret pact starts with Satan or Lucifer himself. And his MO, he's already showed it to you. If you bow down and worship me, he, he showed the Messiah all of the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you these kingdoms. Now, obviously, the Messiah was like, nah. Do you think that Satan stopped offering this there? No, he didn't. He offers that. That's the reason why anybody who's – keep in mind, not everyone, folks. But anyone who has scaled up in politics, in uh, entertainment, in just financial wealth, corporations, the whole nine, folks, you should be looking at them with a side eye and ask, how have you been able to get to where you've got? Because, folks, some people worship Satan like you worship the Lord. You may be like, what? In the same way you say, Father, I worship you and I adore you, I hold you in the highest esteem and I thank you, that's the way they worship Satan. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? You think they're only killing chickens and sprinkling blood? No. 
they do it. And they deceive people into thinking that Lucifer is the light bearer, that God keeps all these good things that the world has to offer away from man. But Lucifer came, and he was the light bearer. If you ever read the book of Enoch, you would see how the spirits were teaching uh, man metallurgy. There was a spirit that taught women how to use makeup. That's the reason why Peter was saying, like, do not try and create beauty with braided hair and, and with what you wear and with with jewelry, but let your beauty be the in, inward beauty of a, of a soft-spoken spirit in the eyes of God is of great worth. <laughs> because it's like he knew this from what Enoch had stated these spirits that were teaching man, the, man these things, and man thinks that this is light being uh, uh, shown to them, is not light. <laughs> uh, that's darkness, but when you're deceived, you know not one from the other. So, um, mm. yeah, folks, yes. the, the, this thing that we're looking at today with these mass shootings, and again, some of these are just... The, like that guy who went postal, you lose your job, you freak out, you know what that means to you and your family, your, your, your status amongst your, your neighborhood socioeconomically, and you just go and you're going to shoot the people at the post office. Well, that makes a, a lot more sense than, than a person going to kill kindergartners. I mean, think about that. What makes a person go kill kindergartners? What did the kindergartners do? It didn't do nothing to you. That lets you know. That lets you know that it defies reason. And when it defies reason, the people like like man likes to know why another man killed another man because it, if it's reasonable, they can live with a certain degree of reason. But when it defies reason, it troubles them. And these killings that are taking place in schools and in churches, it defies reason. Why? Because it's not meant to be reasonable. It's meant to make man uncomfortable. And man, you can, folks, remember my words, there will be laws. There's going to be some gun laws, and these guns are going to be taken. Yes, there's going to be an uproar. Yes, people are probably going to die behind it. Because if... We have, I saw this comedian talking about how in the U.S. we have rednecks, not being racist folks, but we have people that they had guns since the American Revolution. Their family has had guns. You think they're going to come up off these guns without using those guns? There's going to be a problem. But everybody who cannot reason with why there's these mass shootings, they're going to group together and they're going to they're going to demonize people who want guns. Folks, it, I've seen it said a thousand times, it's not the gun person's heart. It's what's in them. And the gun is nothing more than the tool. So, yeah, so that's that's the reason why we had this particular discussion, because it was a spinoff of last week's discussion um, as it pertains to the mass shooting. And, um, yeah, it, it'll, it'll get worse. Is, and when the laws, when those laws come, it's going to get really bad. So yeah, that's what we're talking about. Five smooth stones network. Uh, uh, Brother Seth is off the line. I'm Brother John, uh, the moderator. We have Brother Perche. We're supposed to have Brother Chris on, but it's like everyone's having some type of phone issue. If you have any questions, please raise your hand. Any comments, please. You know what? 
the funny thing is if you raised your hand, <laughs> I don't know if Seth would be able to see it. Um, uh, but, yeah, so, uh, Brother Castleberry, first of all, if you have a statement, I definitely want to yield the floor to you because I really have my freestyle going. I was spitting bars today. Brother Castleberry, just <laughs> – just so you know, man, we're back. Y'all just bear with us. Had a little trouble with it with Blog Talk's board. But Purcell is back, and since I heard your comment earlier about the Casperi, if you don't want to go now, I can switch it over to him. It's up to you. But go ahead if you got a comment. If not, just uh, give it over to Purcell. Okay. All right, all right. I just kind of want to add to what John was saying about the guns. Um, a gun is a handheld weapon. That's still today the top weapon of the powers. I'm a self quote on that. The powers that be. <laughs> you take away the gun and he he have the lack of powers, you know, to control uh, himself or, or uh, have control over the country. Uh, you take away that, then he is literally man to man combat, and that is something he don't want. That's something he greatly feared because it literally exactly. takes him back subconsciously into a time period uh, where he knew he was not, you know, uh, the top power, <laughs> okay? Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, that day when they take those guns away will be a rough, rough day for the powers, all right, that that controls this country and the world. <laughs> because they will surrender uh, their individual powers, you know. And so uh, uh, I can see what John was saying on that, that it will be a rough day. Uh, but far as everyone else, I don't think we would take it as bad uh, because uh, our strength doesn't rely on that weapon. If it relies on our faith and our courage in the most high, you know, and so right. I don't I don't necessarily feel that it would bother us as worse as it would bother them. Because <laughs> that's not where they, they put their faith and their strength in that weapon. Okay? Right. <laughs> that is how they subdued the world with that weapon. <laughs> right. So right. Uh, you take that away, you take you strip in uh, more than what we know away from them. <laughs> you know? And so, uh, but... Uh, that's the plan of the Most High. He will do that. He will slowly bring down their empire. And I just that's, I want to stop right there, man, and uh, listen to you guys, man. That, that's all I want to say on that. And you know what? That was that was, that was on point. I believe. Uh, I believe that you're right. They they pretty much. Um, and I'm using they because I heard you all say they. I'm not sure. I know you, I, I pretty much uh, can read between the lines, but definitely that is their weapon of choice. That is their their strength, um, their redeemer, if you will. Um, right. However, <laughs> uh, you made a comment uh, that that is not – what we put our our faith in is that particular weapon, and our strength is in the Most High. Um, 
I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I don't know. I know that's how it used to be. That's what I'm going to, I'm going to say, I know that's how it used to be. That used to be our strength. That used to be our redeemer. That used to be our battle axe. Uh, However, today, um, Salt Life Ministries is alive because of the absence of that mentality. Um, I don't believe that we... I don't believe that we operate like that anymore. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it is that we're leaning on the most, but I don't believe it's the most high at this point Um, because there's too much division amongst the body of Christ. There's just way too much division. Um, There's way too much contention in the body of Christ, one toward another. Probably the simplest scripture that the believer will ever read or hear that simply says, that's the way that they'll know you, by the love that you show one to another. Now, for whatever reason, we've somehow, we've gotten to the place where we somehow have just glossed completely over that. We've glossed completely over that thought, that idea, that principle, if you will. Um, And we're going in a whole nother direction, a totally different direction. Um, And it's, it's to the detriment of the body of Christ. We talked about what's happening on the surface. Um, John talked about what's happening What we can see on the surface Might not necessarily Be um, What it is which, is which is very true Which is very true But What we're dealing with right now Is um, The surface We're dealing with the surface um, Because you never get a second chance To make a first impression And our strength is in the Lord, in Yahshua, in the King of Kings and the Rose of Sharon. Um, We understand him to be the lily of the valley and the bright and morning star. But do we serve him with all of our strength and with all of our heart? Do we for real? Do we for real? Because I don't see it. I don't see it consistently. We have your, you have your remnant. I'll give you that. You have your remnant, but it's going to take the mature, the maturing in the faith and the believers coming together collectively. Because even the, another reason why I say what I say is because. They're able to remove things that are our, our crutch. They're able to, it's not necessarily our crutch, but it's our strength. Prayer. They, put, they pulled that from the school. And they put this thing in place called separation of church and state. So now we can't pray. But the Muslim child, he's going to steal away and get his in. He brought his little cloth with him. I don't know what they call it, 
but he brought his little the little carpet thing. He brought it with him to school. And I guarantee you, at the hour that he's supposed to be praying, I guarantee you he's going to be praying, whether he in class or he at lunch. I saw it. I used to work at a, at a factory. And these guys would leave the floor and go and pray at the time it was time for them to pray. But all they had to do for us was say, oh, no, you can't pray. You can't pray that. Uh-uh. We even catch it for wearing certain things on our clothing. We could wear a T-shirt that say Jesus is Lord, and somebody's offended. So because somebody's offended, now we can no longer wear that T-shirt. And guess what? We won't wear it. We have situations where we, have, we are so accepting as believers. I'm talking about the believer, okay? I'm talking about the believer right now. We are so accepting. This is my experience. This is Purcell Lindell Porsche 101. This is my experience. Now, if you've got a different testimony, share it when I, when I be quiet. But right now, what I'm seeing in the body of Christ is we are so accepting of all of the things that God has rejected. Now I'm about to say something and I know this ain't about to be I know this ain't popular. Okay? But homosexuality movement is taking over. Say what you want. But they are taking over. And the Bible said that homosexuality will not Enter the kingdom of God However They have somehow Cornered uh, They have somehow cornered The Christian market They're taking over the churches They're taking over The senate Taking over uh, The government They're taking over uh, television You cannot turn on television Today And not see A homosexual commercial You cannot watch a program Today And not have A homosexual scene in it But The people of God God's elect If you will Like Jesus On the cross we never say a mumbling word. Hmm. And to me, that is not standing for the Father. That's not standing with the Father. To me, it looks a whole lot like we started the program off with David and Goliath. That, to me, looks a whole lot like those quote-unquote soldiers that David walked up on talking about the defeat. They were discussing their defeat. He walked up on them discussing their defeat and Goliath talking trash to him. And he was indignant. This is what you hear in my voice. I'm indignant 
I'm right. This is righteous indignation. I'm like, will the real believers please stand up? In the book of Ezekiel, the 22nd chapter, and I believe it's the 32nd verse. Uh, no, don't quote me on the verse, but it's in the 22nd chapter of Ezekiel. It talks about how Jesus, the Lord said he's looking for a man that would stand in the gap so that he would not destroy the land. Then the, 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 the end of that scripture says, but I found none. Yeah. I believe yeah. this moment right now, I believe, this is what I believe, Purcell and Del Porsche, Salt Life Ministry, this is what I believe. I believe that the Father seeketh such that will worship him in spirit and in truth. I believe that the Father seeketh such that the kingdom suffereth violence, but the violence take it by force. I believe that the Father seeketh a man that will stand in the gap and make up the hedge so that he will not destroy the land. I believe that he Speaketh after them, those believers. Where are they? Where are they? We still, we are still going back and forth and battling one another. Like I said this before on one of the other broadcasts, we act like a game. We act like games, fighting over territory. Oh no, you can't wear makeup. You wear makeup. You, you a sinner. You. Uh, if you don't speak in tongues, oh, you, 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 uh-uh, she got on pants, she a Jezebel. Oh, and, and makeup too? Don't let her have on pants and makeup. <laughs> True. Come on, man. We still arguing about this stuff. We still got, we still got black and white churches. But we all brothers and sisters. Come on, man. We look like, I'm going to tell you what we look like. We look like we got three heads. Anything with three heads is a monster. We look like a monster, and we're trying to, just, we're tr- trying to understand why we're not winning more souls to Christ. Because they're looking at the, the Christ that we're presenting they're looking at our first impression and saying, oh, man, heck no. Mm-mm. No, I'm not interested. Thank you, but no thank you. When y'all get y'all stuff together, I might want to come holler at you. I got, a, I got a buddy, preacher buddy of mine that I serve under right now that did 23 years in the penitentiary. He's a believer now. And the founder of Impact Change Now This brother says on a consistent basis He said his life in the street He found more gratification And more honest and loyal relationships When he was operating 
in the streets in the world. He says, since he's accepted Christ as his Savior, he has come up under the most opposition that he has ever come up under in his entire life. And this man only been saved for three years. He said in his Mm. entire life. Listen to that testimony. This man did 23 years in the penitentiary. He said we was more like a family. Oh, my goodness. Watch this. This is going to be, this ain't going to be popular either. He said we were more of a family when I was in the penitentiary than now that I'm out. And I'm amongst the body of belief. Now, you do with that whatever you want to do with it. But I'm walking in these shoes. I'm in the trenches. I'm seeing this foolishness. I'm seeing the Baptist warring against the Pentecostals. I'm seeing the the Baptist, oh, well, we figure it wasn't. It's, it's something wrong with this Baptist thing, so we're going we gonna to flip it and make it full gospel now. So, so now we're just going to add a little more to it. Okay, you got your apostolic that you got to tarry. If you ain't tarry, if you ain't come through, if you ain't come by way of tarry, then you ain't got the real Holy Ghost. Listen, y'all, it's a lot going on in the world. Beyond, nobody can argue with that right now. We have had 10 mass shootings since Friday. Wow. 10 mass shootings throughout the world or throughout the, the, uh, the U.S. Since Friday. So yeah, it's 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 crazy right now. It's crazy right now. But guess what? As the believer, our first allegiance is to the believer. And we won't even come to each other's aid. But we'll go all across the sea. That's why I like what Muhammad Ali said. He said, you my oppressor. He said, Viet Cong ain't never called me nigger. True, true. I done won a gold medal for this country, and I still can't walk in the front door of a diner. True. This is what we're dealing with, man. We're dealing with stuff. We got our own... Uh, giants right here within the body of Christ. We have our yeah. own giants. Yeah. And very minimal giant slayers or giant killers. We all seeing each other as giants. Either we seeing each other as, gi- as giants and we fighting one another or we seeing each other as grasshoppers. 
I mean, it's one or the other. But we certainly are not seeing ourselves as heirs and joint heirs with Christ. That was foreign, what you said, John, that uh, Yeshua is the, is the elder brother. That's foreign to us. True. That's foreign. Yeah. That's, you're speaking a whole other language. We don't okay, have no but, concept uh, uh, of kingdom. Yeah. Huh? No, well, I, I wanted to add in there. Yeah, Nobody I wanted to add in there that these Hebrew Israelites, uh, we are literally making a lot of noise. We're in the streets. We're preaching uh, to the world to come back to these laws. And we're making a lot of noise, and we're growing and growing right up under your nose. We're making, we're in the, we're making films. We're making music videos we're making a really loud noise and and what's astonishing to me is that the most israelites are between the age of 40 and 20 that is where your youth is going christianity is hearing us they still act like we just uh like only one little church they they ain't paying us no mind. You know, when a Christian tell me who ain't got the Holy Spirit, all I can do is just shake my head. Because that's, that's the downfall. It started right there. Act like they don't want to see this. What's happening? But, okay, I mean, they can read. I can show them in Scripture. But they, they don't want to look at They don't want to see it. They can't comprehend you ask them what the problem is. Start. I think that's the started right there. They can read it, but won't can't get it in their minds to perceive what they're reading. Right in front of them. That's what the you see. We're in a time of computers. We can act. the you see it plain as day right there in front of you. That's the con- disconnect right there. And the Hebrew Israelites do a real good job of tying it all together. What is all about? Why, why, why we got cast all over the world in the first place? What we got to do to come back? What makes God happy? What makes them mad? Eating pork chops does not make them happy. Scripture say it right in front of you. Christianity got a, uh, they got a problem. Okay, they, they, uh, to me. They're going downhill, slowly, surely. Uh, they, 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 they like to be around others who, who believe like them for sure, right? Like anybody else. Uh, and they, anytime you got a, a entity, a, a, a spiritual uh, uh, entity that want to want to. Well, I, I got so much to say on I'm sorry. I'm getting these words out. Uh, but my point I'm making is that prophets, Hosea, prophet Isaiah, Jeremiah, um, they not just meant for you to take one scripture out of them, y'all. The most I've said a lot through these brothers. And when Christianity get the word, no, that ain't going to come to pass when you say it right there. Uh, that that not change. It's like they don't get it, man. 
it's like they, they think they got it, but they don't. And I think that's the problem. I think that's the root of their downfall. Not that I wish it, because we're all in the same body of Christ. But it's just foolish. And it'll be from that side who may say that something Jeremiah done said ain't going to come to pass. Something Hosea done said. Something that, you know, uh, you name any one of these prophets. And then you read the Messiah will say not one jot, one fiddle from the prophets with no wise, uh, you know, fail to all be fulfilled, <laughs> you know, or heaven and earth shall pass away before what they done said won't come true. Because you had to look right over there. Yeah, but it ain't going to happen to us. And white folks ain't going to come with us. I'm just saying. It's like something, there's a disconnect. Like they don't want to see it. But I think that truth is coming up because the Most High is getting closer to this realm and he will show up and then the truth will truth be revealed. But that's why these Israelites are doing what they're doing because I think we just see something that the Holy Spirit ain't allowed Christianity to see. That's, I, I, you know, I don't think they got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just a word they phrase they use because if the Holy Spirit can't get them to see this, it just boggles me. Well, I think. Uh, I think but yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. I, go ahead. I, I think part of I think part of the issue um, is is what you're saying right there, because here's what I hear. Okay, um, it's very important for uh, people to say things, but. It's what is heard that matters or has the most credence, okay? And here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing us against them. But we're all, you said, this is what you, you said it, you said it. You said, but we're all something to that effect. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I misquote you. But my yeah, context yeah. is spot Yeah, on. we are. My context is spot on. But what I'm hearing from you is us against them. We Hebrews got it, and these Christians is tripping. And in my right. opinion, in my opinion, that's the problem. Because if we're the body of Christ, then there's no way that I can identify as the body of Christ and then say, oh, they're not in the body of Christ. That's what we're doing. That's the problem. That's what we're doing. And the the law is not the answer. I would say that boldly. Why? Because I got the Holy Ghost. And speaking boldly is evidence of uh, of the of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. People don't talk about that. But speaking boldly is evident. The law is not the answer. If it was, Jesus would never have had to come. Okay? So let's, let's, let's deal with that. The law is not the answer. In fact, the Bible said all letter and no spirit is an abomination. So you can't have the law of God without the spirit of God. As a matter of fact, you can't even 
you can't even uh, decipher scripture without the spirit of God. You can't even receive revelation without the spirit of God. It's impossible. It's impossible. In the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter in the second verse, this is what it says. It says that the word of God did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. See, we, we got to come to, we got to get together. We had, as the body of Christ, have to come together, be it Hebrew, be it Baptist, be it Methodist, be it uh, uh, Episcopalian, be it Pentecostal, be it apostolic. We got to come together and represent the king. We ain't representing the king. We represent the Hebrew. We represent Baptist. We represent Pentecostal. We ain't representing the king. The king's word settles every matter. But somehow we've chosen to allow our tradition to overshadow the, the word of the king. What is the we word of the more, king? We have more faith in our in our traditions than we do the word of God. The word of the king is repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. The Bible said in Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto them. What's the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So you have three components. But brother, but brother, we don't we can't even agree on what sin is. How can we repent if we don't know what we're doing wrong? That's because we that's because we making stuff up. We make it we done made lipstick of sin. We making stuff up. We calling stuff sin that God ain't called sin. The king, the father ain't called it sin, but we calling it sin. From our own ideas. Well, what, what that's why we don't sin, know. That's brother. why so many people that's why so many people confused. Because we not saying what the Bible says. We saying we giving our own interpretation. We giving our own okay, interpretation. Buddy. Brother Purcell, he's asking a question. Ask again. What is sin that we can repent from it? Sin and maybe we all can come together and we can agree upon one thing. Sin is separation from God. Sin is anything that's against God. And guess what? That's the carnal mind. The Bible said the carnal mind is enmity against God. In other words, the carnal mind is an enemy to God. Anything that's against God. Well, I think that and what, what you're saying doing, is great. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. What we doing is this. I think what he's saying is great for the Gentile. 
I'm saying truth. All right, because they wasn't given the law. And and that is good message for them. They're going to need that going in the future. All right? But I think the ones who was given the law, that law is still on them. All right? And I believe that the Hebrews need to go and and get out of that Gentile mentality and come to that uh, who they're supposed to be in, who God sees them as. Because, see, the Gentile ain't got chains scattered across the world. That punishment came on the Hebrews. That's a that's a they're under something different from Gentiles. They are they are not equally the same. And I think once we wrap our minds around that part, maybe we can start this body of Christ differently. I'm not even talking about the Gentiles. I'm talking about the body of believers. I haven't mentioned the Gentiles yeah, but not one time. I know no, that's me throwing Gentiles, that in. Huh? I was just throwing that in because I'm assuming that the body of Christ consists of a mixed multitude of people. So that's why I said separate the Gentiles from the Hebrew because we're all the body of Christ, right? No, the body of Christ. They're not the body of Christ. They're not the body of Christ. No, the Gentile is not the body of Christ. Only those that call, only those that have received him. Those are the ones. Who belong to him if you, if, you, if you may have heard me say on, on this broadcast before We are not all God's children We not that's a, mess, that's a misnomer We need to get that out of our head We are not all God's children No we not No we are not If, this, if, it's a, if a man walk up to my door right now Talking about he my brother And I call my daddy and say Dad, you got a son named James This is dude at my door Talking about you his dad And my dad say No, nah, that ain't my son He ain't my daddy's son And he ain't my brother Unless He is of the body of believers <clears throat> But we are not okay, all God's children. We got to get that out of our mind, man. We got to get that out of our mind. We are not all God's children. I think it's important for us to find out when we say we, who are who are we? And we've discussed this before, and, and I, I feel like it's imperative to repeat it, that you cannot enter the kingdom unless you are born of water. And born of the spirit Absolutely You have to be born of water Born of the spirit um, The I think um, uh, Each person Matter of fact It would probably The, the Hebrew Israelites Who um, Who Jesus Christ, quote unquote, or Yahashua Hamashiach, they have to ask themselves, who is your high priest? Because the law will. This is part of the law. The law said that those who were Levites, those were the priests, 
However, in Hebrews, it tells us that the Messiah created a better covenant, and he's the high priest. He's the high priest, and that every man, every house is built by someone, and, and the house servant, but the Messiah, he is the builder of this house in whom house we are, and he is the son. As a matter of fact, if you go to Galatians, it speaks of Sarai or Sarah and Hagar. Mm-hmm. And Hagar, she was the bondwoman, and Sarah was the free woman. Hagar, mm-hmm. represented by Mount Sinai, because that's where the law was given, but Sarah <clears throat> by Jerusalem, who is free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that each person, is, is, as a matter of fact, I, I remember when I first caught back up with the Seth. Seth was talking about the Hebrew Israelites, but before there was good scriptures to talk about the Hebrew Israelites. This is like right. in 1990. Yep. 1990, folks. Yep. We didn't even have good scriptures, but it was just something that you knew in your heart, and the scriptures came subsequently, and you could see this. But, folks, I think it's important to understand that to have those, to have the law, it was the law. It was, it was put there to to show you what sin is and to bring you to a point. To bring you to a point of having the son and being able to come in under that particular covenant. It's to show you what sin is. I don't know of a single person who can keep the law. You, how can you keep the law if you don't have a temple? And again, I'm not saying this is. I'm, I'm making. I'm not making an argument to not keep the law. I think I applaud the right. people who try their right. best to keep the law. I applaud them, but it cannot be kept. You don't have a temple. You don't have the judges. There's. You don't have the Levites. The, the, a lot of the law was was it. It was it was in. It was contingent upon your ability to have the temple. It was contingent upon your ability to have a Levite. Some things in the law, you have to go to a judge or a Levite, which you don't have. And so uh, <clears throat> a person who's a Hebrew Israelite has to ask, who is your high priest? Because if your high priest is not the Messiah, then you are none of his. <laughs> you you are still, don't get me wrong, yeah, there's, there, there's still a good covenant. There's still a good covenant to be had when you're going after the land. There's still a good covenant. But that that is just like why would you give up? See, why would you give up? That's the same a... argument. I don't mean to cut you off, John, but that's the same old song that that a lot of Christians tend to say when we talk about bringing back the law and and start doing the law. The law never left. Well, like how, how can you when you're a slave under this back in this white man's backyard? How can you keep the law when you got to be told what to do? Yeah, right. But how do they keep the law in Babylon? That is not the same song. I mean, no, 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 what I'm saying. No, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. You're like, how can we keep the law? You can't. It's impossible. Was it impossible in Babylon? They didn't have a temple in Babylon. They were slaves there. 
and they did not keep the right. They did not keep uh, the the whole only law. difference from this slavery and that slavery is they still knew who they were. He, the most odd this punishment, the slavery he put us into, we lost our identity. Agreed. This is the lowest we but ever been. I, I agree with that. But for, but for but those the law who is know, not enough. For those who know, how can you keep a law without a temple? How, now, keep in mind, the law is expressly stating that if you break one portion of the law, you are a lawbreaker. You've broken the whole law. So all I'm That's saying right. is that without without a temple, and keep in mind, I have read all of those laws. I've read them all several times, and a lot of them are contingent upon the, the temple, the judges, and the Levites. Who, who is a Levite that you know, Brother Castleberry? Brother, uh, the Levites don't even know they're Levites. But then how can you go to one, if they don't know who they are, to be able to say, Brother Castleberry, I'm a Levite, then how can you go to one? And the only reason why I say that is because there is a law that says, in this given instance, you go to the Levite, and the Levite will judge between you. Yes, brother. I I know. I've, I've feel like we're talking around each other, but we're not, uh, I don't know what's the, I, I don't get it. I, I mean, I just don't understand why we can't seem to be on the same page. I, you, you're going, you're telling me right now on the methods that's used, uh, and, 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 and he, and, uh, in Judaism, uh, the methods we use for, you, you're going through the steps. You can't do this without that. Am I, am I correct is what you're saying? Not the least bit. All I'm yeah, saying he's is like, you can't put, do this. You got to have a Levite to have to preach, and you're going through the, the steps the there, right? That that is that's okay. what the law mandates. What what right. I'm that's, referring that's to right. is the law written on your heart. The law written on your heart. Do you right. realize that the law are made for lawbreakers? That's what the law is made for. It's made for lawbreakers. Okay. It's made made for whoremongers. It's made for murderers. That's who it's made for. <clears throat> if everyone was righteous, you would never need a law. If everyone walked in love, you would never need a law because love is the, okay. it's, it completes the law. And that, okay, and, so and, and what is, not that, to mention the Bible, okay. the law is for the lowest. Oh, my God. Okay. I don't. Brother Keelan, Brother Keelan. Oh, I'm saying, yeah, Brother yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Who, who would you say your high priest but, is? One at a time. What do you think the scripture meant when it said what Brother John just said? The law is for the lawless. That's what Brother. Well, Michelle I mean, oh, well, what? So to me, who is the lawless? Who is the who is the lawless? Because I mean, you, I mean, are you guys wanting to be under the law? Hear me out. No, right? Hear me. There's more than one law. I, I applaud you. Brother Kingwin, I applaud you for your passion. I applaud the young people, this Hebrew Israelite. It's not just these young people that Brother Kingwin is talking about. This thing is over the 1800s. The late 1800s, Prophet Crowder was in this country saying African Americans are one of the lost tribes of Israel. Before there was one Jew that stepped foot in, in one so called Jew that stepped foot in Israel, there was this prophet. Black man saying African Americans are one of the lost tribes. 
There's people trying to keep Torah all over the world before there was evil Israel. This is huge. This is big. This is an old argument. All we're trying to say, all, I'm, all, all I think I hear, what I'm hearing from Patel, and, and y'all got to know I'm not feeling good tonight. If you haven't figured out, that's why I'm not saying much. But listen, Paul said, why should we put something on these people that our forefathers couldn't do? So hold on. I just got to right, right. I'm not. I'm not suggesting. Hold on. Hold on a second. I'm hold not suggesting. Okay. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Those you just listen to the show, and you did not call the phone number. You clicked on the link. You're listening to the show. You clicked on the link. You did not call the phone number. You must call the phone number now because we're only contracted to 10 o'clock. Blogs have allowed us to roll over as long as we want up until an hour, which we're not going to do nothing. A bit. But so call the number 214, excuse me, 914 205. Five five nine zero nine one four two zero five 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 nine zero. Brother Kenny, it's like yes, somebody yes, mentioned scripture to you. If somebody mentioned scripture to you, you gotta deal with whatever scripture they say. If they say the lawless yes, or the lawless, you gotta know what that meant. Now I think what it meant is this: there are some people the lawless wrote on their hearts. Moses and a lot of those people obeyed the Father perfectly before the law was even written. How did they do that? Because they knew the Father. If you're dating someone and you really is into this woman you're dating, you don't write a whole lot of memo notes on what she like. Don't do this. Don't do that because you know her. You can even invent stuff to do with her, some brand new ideas. You can, you can do all types of creative things and take a chance on uh, or other, others may say, well, how do you know she's going to like that? Why did you go do that? Why did you take us there? How did you know she was going to like it? You don't need a bunch of rules to tell you how to please her because you know that woman. Those that don't know that woman, the lawless, are those that not spending time with the father. They need a not list relationship. of relationship and don't and don't have, don't have a God. relationship. So what I'm saying to you is this. It also talks about the Old Covenant being under the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Again, I believe this is the day where the Father has put his word inside some of us. And we have the Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, to teach us what he wants, what he desires. We don't need a group of laws to tell us because the Holy Spirit was sent to this earth to reveal the Father. Scripture says, no man knoweth. The spirit of a man. Say, no man know a man, save the spirit of a man. No man knoweth the father, save the spirit of the father. So I want you to know, I welcome you, man, uh, uh, as co-host. I appreciate your passion. Don't stop. Let us have it. Because what you're saying, a lot of young people think just like you and Perhaps you may be right. I don't see it. To me, it's crystal clear. We keep any and every law that the Holy Spirit gives us. There ain't no 613. Might be more like 6,013 because he can say, 
you just was rude to that person at the window at McDonald's, turn around and go back and apologize. You're not going to find that nowhere in the Bible. But yet, if the Father tells you to do it, technically, that's a law. Versus sticking with 213 laws like a lot of Hebrew Israelites do. And again, folks, this is not just no young people movement. There's churches, organizations, denominations, coaches used to believe, used to, they, they're, they're found of Bishop Mason early on taught with these Israelites. This is not no little young people movement. This is an old, old movement. We just done got away. In some countries in West Africa and East Africa where they're Israelites, they never got away. But Brother Kenwin, yeah. don't get frustrated with us older people or with us younger people that believe in grace. I promise you, Brother John is right. We couldn't keep that law, brother. We couldn't keep it to this perfection. Go right ahead. Yeah, and again, Brother Castleberry, in my opinion, it's always good that people do not see things necessarily in the exact same light. Um, I respect you. (laughs) Absolutely respect you. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. All I would like to do is say, hey, can you see this? And the last thing that I would just simply ask and say to you, can you see or do you know, is that there's more than one set of laws. And the proof of this can be found in Romans 8, where it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And here's where it shows you. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, law number one, well, has made you're not breaking up, Brother John. You're just a little muffled. Hold your mic a little different because we need you on that. That's that's powerful. Can you say that again? Yeah, that's I'll good try, stuff right there. I'll try to do what I can. Um, the, that's for the that's law better. Of the of, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that's law number one, has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's law number two. Law number two was given on Mount Sinai. It's very plain. You sin, you die. The grace of it is that he would allow us, Israelites, to use an animal in the place of us. So that death still had to take place. But that animal, was the, that's where the death took place. Or you could use a uh, meal, fine meal, flour, or something to that effect. But that sin, law of sin and death is absolutely a set of laws, but there's another set of laws, and it's called the law of the spirit of life. And I would just ask that, hey, consider it. There's two sets of laws. One law is by way of the Levites. They're the ones who would teach the law. Uh, And then there's another law that that's the one that's placed in our hearts. That's the law spirit of life. It's it's not the law of sin and death. However, in the same way that you can have one administration, Obama on Highway 95 South is 65 miles an hour, and then another president comes in, that doesn't mean that now it's something other than 65 miles an hour. So I'm not just saying like, hey, some of the things that are in the law of sin and death are not still in effect because what you believe in your heart 
that's what that's what the law is because where there is no law, a man cannot transgress, which means that unlike the, the laws of this world, if you are unaware that a law exists, then you did not transgress that law because you did not know. Where a man is blind, he cannot sin. And so there's a lot of laws that people are not even aware of. But the, the beautiful thing to me about the law on the spirit of life is that your conscience, it either confirms you or it condemns you. If you know that you spoke roughly to the person in, at McDonald's, your conscience will tell you, hey, man, how are you representing me? And you spoke to them like they are beyond redemption. And that's when you'd be like, look, okay, I know I ordered a number two. <laughs> that's my bad. I shouldn't have spoke to you like that. My bad. Because <laughs> your conscience tells you. And then some people may disrespect you, and you go back off on them, and your conscience doesn't say anything. You were right to do what you did. That is a dynamic law, and that's the law of the spirit of life. So all I ask is that you just look into it. I'm down with you. I, I, I appreciate your presence, and I love the interaction. Same with you, Brother Purcell. And Brother Seth, you know how we do. I'm signing off. I appreciate you, brothers. Uh, Seth, yeah. definitely appreciate the let platform. Me say this, let me say this as we wrapping up. Uh, Brother John, I appreciate those words. Purcell, I think you want to say something at the same time. Go ahead. We're wrapping up, everybody. Um, matter of fact, just go ahead and get your final for sale, and, uh, and I'm going to give my final and Brother Timothy as well. So, Brother Purcell, go ahead, please. Okay. This is, this is my final thought, okay? First of all, let me preface it by saying this. This is not an attack against Brother Casperi. This is not. That's not what I'm about. Um, first of all, uh, if you can hear anything out of what I'm saying, hear the passion for the people of God actually walking this thing out the way the Father would have us to, and that is united, taking dominion over the earth and everything in it. And it's not happening because of the division. That is my disdain. Um, I'm not moved by this whole. I, only because I know who I am. I know I'm. I know I'm Israel. I know I am. I'm not. I'm not uh, wavering to the left or to the right on that. Okay. I have an issue with the people of the faith not representing the Father the way we should be. And it's causing um, it's causing the people Gentile and Christian or believer. I don't even like the term Christian because there's so many different faces to Christianity. Okay, so um, my prayer is that we, like the scripture has told us, would humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways, and allow him 
to forgive our sins and heal our land. That is my prayer. In addition to that prayer, my prayer is that we all will come into the fullness of the stature, uh, like the book, I believe it's the book of Ephesians that tells us, it's basically telling us that we need to come into the maturity of the faith and come together, come together. That is, that's my plight. That is my prayer. Um, and it's only going to happen when we bring the saltiness back, when we begin to recognize who we are, whose we are, and we begin to represent the Father in the earth and take dominion like he uh, told us to. That's when we're going to see the true sons of God, which the world or the earth is yearning for. Is the sons of God. We got to know we sons, though. And that's my that's my my issue. That's my disdain. You know, um, I'm, we can we we can uh, debate scripture all night, but what is your life saying? If it ain't practical, hear me, hear me, hear me. If it ain't practical then it ain't spiritual. If it ain't practical, it ain't spiritual. Now, I know my vernacular is a little off and my English is probably somebody struggling with that, but if it ain't practical, it ain't spiritual. I know you all have heard the old colloquialism or the old adage that said, you're so heavenly minded that you know earthly good. And that, my friends, my sisters and my brothers, you are no good to the faith and nobody yeah. else. Amen. So Amen. That's that's my position. That's my place. That's my argument. All right. If there is an argument. Brother Kingwin, final words, please. And I hope you heard everything everybody hope everybody heard Priscilla and Brother John has said those were very touching words by both of them. Uh, yes, sir. I, well, I want to start by saying I respect you guys. I don't even respect your position, uh, but uh, I'm trying to hammer away at a confusion that's plaguing us all, man, and keeping us from getting on the same page. Um, I love Paul. Let's get that understood. I do. But I believe that when you uh, confuse Paul's teaching into what I'm saying, it's, uh, if you notice, you guys were coming from what Paul done said to the Gentiles, to me. But I, if I could close by simply reading the scripture to you. Uh, when Paul came back to Jerusalem, what did the James, the brother of Christ, and, and the other leaders, what they all said to Paul? Let me read that. It is in Acts chapter uh, eight, uh, chapter 21, verse 18. Uh, 18. And uh, the day Father and Paul went in with us unto James, and all the elders were present. And when he had saluted them, he declared particularly what things God had brought among the Gentiles by his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe. 
and they are zealous of the law. And they are informed of me that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after their customs. So basically, all these Jews that believe in Christ, because they was evangelizing in Jerusalem, right? They all say, we didn't heard Paul say to forsake the law, forsake the Moses, to the Jews that are among the Gentiles. Paul said, no, I did not do that. But, you know, when y'all guys were talking to me, it kind of sounded like y'all saying Paul did do that. You see what I'm saying? Because that's against what Peter, John, James, everybody else, they're not saying get rid of the law. You guys are. You guys are coming at me with a Gentile perspective to a Hebrew. And until we kind of get that understood, man, how can we literally walk go forward? Well, let me say this. Okay. Gotcha, man. Let me say this. No, no, Uh no. Again, and stand, stand, stand your ground. Be patient with us. All right? Maybe you can do a show where you can bring more guys on that feel like you are sisters, and we can talk this out. Listen, I don't think nobody is saying that the Jews, if you hear it, I said 6,000 laws. I'm not playing with that. Not 613 laws, so everybody don't know. Basically, the amount of laws the Father commanded Israel was 613. We can't get into it right now. We're wrapping the show. But I don't believe it's 613. I think that the modern-day New Testament saints, it's going to be required to keep even more. Whatever the Holy Spirit shares with us to do, we ought to keep. I think we're going to keep a lot of the Old Testament laws. But here's the, here's the difference between what you're saying and what we're saying, I think. We're not justified by those laws. We're not justified by laws. We're not made righteous by keeping the law. We are to keep what the Spirit tells us to preserve us, to reach the okay, law. man. We're not just Father by the law because the Bible says. Okay. Hold on. The Bible says very clearly, by the law shall no man be justified. By the law shall no man be justified. So what does that mean? By the law shall no man be justified. I think it means what it says it says what it means. Yeah, but does that mean we don't as Israelites, those of us that know beyond a shadow that we are of the seed of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and everybody I just read that was Galatians uh, 3 and 11, as well as Galatians um, 2 and 16. Paul talks about it a lot. And if we're going to start knocking Paul, then we're all in trouble because that's where we get a lot of the stuff we talk about. So we don't want to start picking and choosing about Paul because what's happening is there's this movement to remove Paul or to trivialize Paul. I'm not saying you're saying this, Brother King, but I'm wrapping this show up. 
So in, in less than 30, less than a minute, I'm going to tell you this. We will talk about this more because this is something very important to you, and it's important to us because it's important to you. So maybe the next show we will hit this. And just invite some others to come on if you want, and we can talk about it. We're not running. We're not mad. We're not nothing. It's just I've come to understand what that scripture means. It don't mean, like you say, we're not telling nobody not to keep the law. Nobody, no, I never hear a Christian say don't keep the law. They just say we're not under the law, meaning we're not justified by the law. We're justified by the blood of Christ, just like our forefathers was when the lamb or the bull was offered up by Moses. That's what justifies them. They were never justified, never justified, never justified by the law. Never, never, never. Show me where they, the Bible says, the Father says they're keeping the law and I'm happy. Never, never, nowhere in the Bible. They were justified when they offered up a lamb and the sins was put on the lamb. So how all of a sudden we can go around and start living a certain kind of life, especially here in Babylon, and we some kind of way can please the Father because we're keeping the law, which he already said, your righteousness to our forefathers is that filthy rag, and they weren't living in Babylon. So now you're in a country that's worse, you're in a world that's worse, more decadent, and you're telling me you're going to be able to keep the law and you're going to be justified by it. It's impossible. But do, are you supposed to put forth an effort and obey whatever the Spirit is saying? Yes. Will it be uh, much of the law? Yes. Again, I believe we keep, last thing, I believe we keep more laws than what you're saying. Porn is just a Sabbath day. It's more than that. It's bigger than that. Bigger than a 24-hour Sabbath. It's bigger than that. Let's get into that. But anyway, I'm going to wrap up this show, but I appreciate you, brother. And uh, yeah, you give me 30 seconds response, and I do mean no more than 30 seconds because I said so much since I don't like to end on my words. So quickly, I mean quickly, like in 30 seconds. Anything? No, uh, thank you all for having me on the show. Uh, y'all take care. I respect all you guys, man. I just uh, voice want to be heard. All right, thank you guys. Uh, you're welcome. And, and uh, John, I don't know if John gave his final. I think he did. Uh, John, did you get the sign when you're done, brother? Do I need to get a sign from you? Quickly, quickly. No, I'm done. I'm done. Props. All right, brother. Say it again. I said I'm done. Okay, Props. Well, same to you, brother. Props to you. Props to uh, Purcell. And definitely props to uh, the one and only Kenyon Castleberry. Folks, y'all been listening to the Five Sons Network. We tried our best to. John talked about, he was comparing uh, the ancient, um, of course, Daniel and tying into how America and, and, and the weakness of this giant this Babylonian system is going to fall with the parallel to uh, uh, David and Goliath and we hit on some other things. We can also have it all ended. Folks, we just trying to, uh, with this show, we try to tie into high current events um, from a biblical perspective. And yes, we didn't talk about some of the things in the news, but instead of naming all the little news, people would go a little high up and talk about the powers that be, what's behind the system, behind all this. So just know that we, like I say every show, we love every single one of you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Y'all missed a great show yesterday. Tune in and see what was talked about yesterday. We talked about some of the things we talked about today, and I do want to say we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but what's a happy Pentecost 
Uh, for those who would like to celebrate the Pentecost on yesterday, yesterday was Pentecost Sunday, and uh, we didn't get a chance to really talk about it because of the things uh, we talked about. So just know happy Pentecost. I know it was yesterday, but it's very important Pentecost is very, because that's where we get the dunamis, the power to live this life and, um, and trust the Father. Again, folks, suggest you live by faith. No man by the law should be justified. That's the Bible. It's not by itself. It's what the Bible says. No man by the law should be justified. And I thank the Father for this Christ and him offering his blood, making it possible for us, us we will all be doomed. So we'll talk about it more in more details and hear Brother King went out uh, even more. And now maybe we'll do it next week, but it's very important. You know, we have this little song. I always try to just do a little something. Um, so anyway, folks, check this out. Larry's seen one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Molly, let's go get him. Give me that joy I can't explain. Add extra peace that'll ease my pain. Come on, that love that'll never change. Give me that, give me that. Give me that, give me that. Give me that power to walk away. Yeah. When another God wants to take your place. That's so much of you as I can take. Give me that. Anybody ready? Ready for his glory? If you are sick of a life, let me tell you the story. Every place that's dark, he will bring it to light. Hypocritical hearts, backsliders, liars, time to get right. See, I include myself. I cast my own stone Uh-oh. I'm the man in the mirror, y'all Uh-oh. I can see my wrong Uh-oh. But I'm here by grace <laughs> Through Christ by faith Uh-oh. I had to make that choice I had to open up my mouth and say Give me that joy I can't explain Add extra peace that'll ease my pain Hold that love that'll never change Give me that Give me that, give me that, give me that power to walk away When another God wants to take your place As much of you as I can take Give me that, give me that, give me that Uh-oh. Anybody tired? Uh-oh. You want the show to end? Uh-oh. Get the actors off stage Uh-oh. And let church begin Uh-oh. Do you want a revolution? Uh-oh. You want to hear new Starting right at home No more miracle water Burn cloths for money and fame Everybody got a title But do you know your name? If we humble ourselves People fall on our face And ask God everything in me That's not right Take it away
nostrils of man. Uh, and sovereign God who predestined creation before time began. <laughs> I want the God who with brilliance and elegance decorated darkness with stars. Uh, the God who orchestrates the future. At the same time, He knows where you are. <laughs> Give me that God who supplies my needs, cause He owns all the cattle on the hill. Yeah. And He's the God who wipes my tears and provides enough to pay all my bills. And Give me that. Give me